Welcome to Manifest Action, the podcast, hosted by me, Sarah Love. I'm an educator, success coach, and I'm here to help you break up with your excuses so you can start taking the action you need to manifest your dream life. If you're ready to get out of that endless cycle of procrastination and create big shifts in your life, then you are in the right place. So settle in, listen up, and let's manifest some action. Hi guys, and welcome back to Manifest Action, the podcast where we focus on taking the consistent aligned action towards everything we've ever wanted. So yesterday was the last day of my 75 hard journey. I started this journey in August and now it's November and it truly has been a journey. If you don't know what 75 Hard is, it's a mental toughness challenge created by a man called Andy Frisella, and I've been doing it for the last 75 days. And just to kind of give a rundown of what it entails, every single day for 75 days, you have to complete a number of tasks, and these include two workouts a day of 45 minutes, so 90 minutes of workouts per day and one of these workouts has to be outdoors that's number one number two is to follow a diet any diet and this can't include any kind of junk food or any alcohol at all number three is to read 10 pages of a non-fiction book every single day and number four is to drink a gallon of water per day which is about four liters just under And then number five is to take a progress picture every single day. And I decided to do this, um, I think maybe in summer at some point, I decided that I really wanted to push myself to try a challenge like this. Because when I first heard about this challenge, I was just like, I would never do that. That just sounds way like unnecessarily challenging. And then I thought that's not really for me because... Fitness is something that I do for my health, but I never really had any crazy like weight loss goals or fitness goals with it. Um, I just do it because it's something that a healthy person should do, right? So I never thought that I would actually do it. And then um, I started looking into the concept of mental toughness and resilience, because these are things that I'm studying as part of my master's in positive psychology and I have to say that it is a skill that is super worth putting the effort into developing. I have learned so much from this, from the idea of doing things that are hard on purpose, actively seeking out challenge in order to grow. Um, I've been thinking about this a lot lately. I've been talking to clients about it, I've been talking to friends about it, family and I just wonder like why it's not really talked about that much that growth is the goal. I follow a lot of people on Instagram, well I used to, I kind of unfollowed a lot of people recently who talk about like, you know, earning money is the goal and, you know, productivity is the goal and all those things. And I think for a while now I've been thinking about it differently. Growth is the goal that's it. Of course, there are like milestones and things that you achieve and celebrate along the way. But in order to get to a place in our lives where we are fulfilled, pursuing some kind of growth for the sake of growth is going to get you where you want to go. It just is. And you'll enjoy the journey as well as the destination. And no, this doesn't have to look like doing 75 hard twice a year and pushing yourself to the absolute edge every single day. It can look like slow growth, 
being like 1% better every day kind of growth. And sometimes it can be an intense challenge like 75 hard in order to push yourself that little bit harder. So that's why I decided to do it, to grow and to put myself into a challenging situation on purpose. So today I'm gonna be sharing my lessons from the 75 hard journey. But first, I'm sure you are all dying to know whether I actually completed or not. And I did not. (laughs) I'm obviously disappointed, uh, but my 75 hard journey actually came to an end on day 70. Yes, I had five days to go. So yeah, it was more of a 70 hard for me than a 75 hard. And it really is one of those things that I have super mixed feelings about. Because on the one hand, do I feel like I could have done a bit more in order to get to the end of the challenge? Probably yes. And on the other hand, I'm like, would it have served my long-term health and well-being to push through the last five days and gotten to the end? I'm still questioning that in my head. But to be honest, I'm leaning towards no. Because I know. And this is all that matters. I know that I achieved my goal from doing this challenge in the first place. Which, as I've said many times, was growth. It wasn't to, you know, get a six pack. It wasn't to, it wasn't to hit any kind of fitness goals. It wasn't to like post on Instagram, become one of those people that like, oh, I've done 75 hard and now I'm going to do like the next challenge or whatever. No, I just wanted to see how far I could push myself. And I did that. Okay, so let me tell you what happened, why I didn't make it today, 75, when I only had five days to go. Um, because there's a story there. And I'll share other things that I've learned throughout this journey. So I'm currently in Argentina visiting my husband's family. I've been here for a couple of days, but we actually left the UK like over a week ago. We went to London for a couple of days and then flew to Rio de Janeiro in Brazil for a little holiday before traveling on to Buenos Aires where his family lives. So it's been a busy week of travel and, you know, touristy things so I knew when I started 75 hard I obviously calculated when the end date would be and I knew that I would be finishing while I was in Rio and because of that I knew that this would probably be the hardest week I'd be so close to the end I'd be in Brazil I knew it would require a lot of planning in order to get in all of the things that I needed to do to complete it so like last week on Saturday I left my town where I live around lunchtime in the morning I'd gone for a run and I knew I'd probably do a long walk once I got to London later that day so that was fine did that and then it was Sunday so I did like a yoga flow in the morning at my brother's house and then another outdoor walk cool great by the way I'll talk about this in a minute but everything else like was far less challenging than actually fitting in the workouts because obviously that requires the most time um so and then On Monday, our flight to Brazil was at 6 a.m. So we had to get up at 3 a.m. in order to make it to the airport on time. So I knew that this was going to be really hard to get in. You might be listening to this thinking like, oh, well, if you thought it was going to be hard from the beginning, like, obviously it was it was hard. Like you manifested it being hard. Just wait. okay? (laughs) so like our flight was due to get in to Rio around six and I knew that there was a gym there and I could do a little workout and then, you know, it would be staying near the beach and I could do like a really nice evening walk around there. So I thought it would be tough, but I didn't think it would be that hard. You know, I've done harder things. I've had harder days with 75 hard so far, even with the jet lag, because the UK is only three hours ahead of Rio. 
Um, so yeah, not too bad. So we arrive at the airport and it's around 6 p.m. We're waiting for our bags and my bag doesn't arrive. We have to hang around the airport for like two extra hours while they try and figure out where my bag is. I have to fill in the missing bag report thingy and there's a huge queue of people in front of us because loads of bags from London and from, we stopped in Madrid for a couple of hours, didn't arrive. Yeah, it turns out that my bag never left London and it would probably arrive in Brazil the next morning. Yeah, <laughs> so, but at this point I really wasn't thinking about my workouts because my laptop charger was in my suitcase, as were both of our phone chargers. And I'm still working while I'm here on this trip. I have my clients, I have my students, I have my master's lectures. Like I cannot be without my laptop or phone, obviously. So we finally get to the hotel. It take ages to get an Uber. So we finally get to the hotel at like 9 p.m. and we're absolutely starving. So we go out to eat. I have no clothes to change into. I'm wearing a t-shirt, which is like gross by now after 15 hours of travel and like gray tracksuit pants and trainers. All the shops are closed where I could buy any clothes. We do manage to get a phone charger, but we're so exhausted at this point. Like we go for a short walk along the beach. And I think at this point I kind of realized that 75 hard wasn't going to happen that day. Because by the time we sat down to eat, like we were both just so exhausted and stressed and I'd kind of made my peace with it, right? It was like, yeah, nine o'clock at night. Um, I wasn't going to get my only outfit even more sweaty and gross. Like it's hot in Rio, right? So like even just walking along in these hot clothes, I was getting sweaty. Like I didn't want to push my exhausted brain from all the travel and all the stress to do a workout at the gym. And like, I didn't even have the right shoes. Like I have like Air Force Nike Air Force trainers, which are like not really suitable for workouts. And like, could I have done something else? Yeah, maybe. But the workouts are not supposed to be done back to back. So I'd have to have stayed up till like 1 or 2 a.m. just to finish the workouts, which is just not what I'm going to do. So I decided this, I've kind of made my peace with it, and we sit down for dinner. We're in one of my favorite cities in the world. And I think about my favorite drink, which is a typical Brazilian cocktail called a caipirinha. I love a caipirinha. I've been obsessed with caipirinhas ever since the first time I came to Rio in 2010. And so every time I see it on a menu somewhere, I always order it. And obviously you're not supposed to drink alcohol as part of 75 hard. And after this whole ordeal, I was just like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm having one. I'm only in Rio for a few days. I've already done 70 days of this challenge. I'm sitting on this beachfront restaurant with my South American husband. And like, and this is the important part. I'm celebrating the fact that now I get to pack up and work from anywhere, which a year ago I was desperately craving the freedom to be able to do. If there was ever a time for a celebratory cocktail, like it's right now, my first alcoholic drink, 70 days, and with that, 75 hard was over. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, that's what happened. The next morning, which was Tuesday, we went out to buy clothes. I bought two cute little outfits, bikini, flip flops, and a laptop charger, thank God. And honestly, that was a huge challenge to find in Brazil. Like I have a MacBook and it seems that they just aren't really that popular in Brazil or in Argentina. And then still, so this is Tuesday morning and my suitcase didn't arrive until Wednesday at lunchtime. <laughs> 
they only give you a certain amount of compensation if your bag is delayed so I really couldn't justify like buying new workout clothes and trainers so yeah I just kind of made my peace with it and I think even as I'm saying this out loud I'm making my peace with it even more and I know that trying to push myself through would not have served me in the long run and I know like people who know what 75 hard will be thinking like but that's the point and I'm like but 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 is that the, is that the point is that the point for me to push myself so hard to the absolute limit that I don't end up enjoying a trip that I've been excited about for ages because I'm so tired and so exhausted from this challenge I don't think that is growth. I think that's just unnecessarily exhausting myself for, you know, for the sake of five extra days. No, I just don't think that that's necessary. And I've been thinking about this for a few days. Like, could I have done an extra workout at the airport, (laughs) which I actually realize is ridiculous? Yeah, I could have, but would I have? No. Could I have borrowed some clothes from my husband and done like a barefoot workout? Yeah, probably. But I know that I, at the time, didn't have the mental capacity for that. And like, yeah, I could have done some yoga, but I don't think I should have, right? Maybe you disagree with me. I mean, let me know what you think. I'd love to talk to people about this. If you've ever done 75 hard and you're listening to this, like, what do you think? And also, I made that decision when I ordered that Kuiperinia that this should be a moment to savor, to reflect on how far I've come and to celebrate it. Like the first time I came to Rio in 2010, I was 19 years old. I had my 19th birthday in Brazil and like 19 year old me would like be screaming if she knew that this was my life now so it was a moment to reflect on how far I've come and to celebrate that it wasn't a time to push myself to the edge and into a state where I'd be exhausted before we'd even started our holiday so yeah that's what happened at the end of 75 hard I could have controlled some things and gotten through it but all the things that were out of my control just made that not possible and Yeah, I completed 70 days, not 50, not 38, not 59, 70. I read 700 pages. I did 140 workouts. I didn't have any alcohol, any sugar. And I had a few messages when I posted this on IG to say like 70 days is still amazing. And like, yeah, yeah, I really appreciate those of you who messaged me that because it really helped me understand that, yes, 70 days is still amazing, a huge achievement. And yeah, like, the fact that it ended five days early, I've actually learned more lessons from that as well as from doing the the whole challenge. So I'm going to share some of those lessons now. Some of them are quite funny and some of them are just a little bit deeper. Okay, so number one, hair washing is the hardest part of the whole thing. <laughs> having sweaty hair and having to work your whole day around hair washing is so annoying I honestly think that people with short hair that requires like little to no styling automatically have an advantage when it comes to doing this challenge my hair goes past my shoulders and it's always been like oily greasy hair a couple of weeks into the challenge I dyed my hair darker so it's like a lot closer to my natural color now before I was like bleach blonde and honestly thank god I did because it's so much easier to hide dirty sweaty hair when you're not blonde like two workouts a day My workouts mostly consisted of hot yoga, which is super sweaty, running, super sweaty, even when I'm living in, you know, autumn in the UK, HIIT workouts, often very sweaty, but not always because I do them in the cold out in the evening. Um, And those are my three main things. Sometimes I do a long walk or some yin yoga. So like if I go to hot yoga in the morning, 
do I wash my hair after that or do I wait until after my HIIT workout later? But then the next morning, I'm going to do a run and get it sweaty again. So should I wait until then or is that too gross? Like this honestly occupied most of my brain power for the entire duration of the challenge, which was so annoying. And I tried so hard to eliminate the decision fatigue, but I never quite found the best way to deal with this. So if you've ever done like an intense workout challenge like this, or you are a very, very active person, like what do you do? Uh, most of the time I just kind of resorted to like not washing my hair and just pulling my hair in like a slick back claw clip or a slick back bun, you know, pretending that I'm a Gen Z when actually I'm obviously a millennial. Um, yeah, going forward, I will obviously not be shaving my head or continuing to do two sweaty workouts a day. So yeah, I'm just glad that this part of it is over, to be honest. (laughs) Number two is that the menstrual cycle has a huge impact on my workouts and routines. Well, it did for me anyway. I think I've always known this, but I've never been confronted with it so clearly. And it definitely is something that I'll be paying more attention to going forward. Following, like when you're doing this challenge, you have to follow such a clear cut daily structure and daily routine. So it really allowed me to notice when I was feeling at my best and when I was feeling low and how those feelings really matched up with where I was in my cycle. I noticed this particularly with two parts of the challenge. The first, obviously the workouts, right? Specifically running actually. And the second was the progress picture. If you have periods, you probably know that you get bloated at certain times during your period, you get PMSy and you get sluggish. And taking the photo like at that time of the month was pretty discouraging, honestly, at first. But like being able to remind myself that it's perfectly normal because of where I was in my cycle. And it's something that by the end like affected my mind and like how I felt about my progress a lot less. So that's a huge win. Same with exercising. I started running like right before I took up 75 hard. I've never been able to run a 5K in my life. In July, I started like couch to 5K and finished it around the second week of the challenge. And I noticed that sometimes I'd be able to like run a PB 5K and other times I'd be like way slower than I'd been like the previous time. And I realized that again, that's because of my cycle. And Yeah, I felt a heck of a lot better when I opted for walking and yin yoga during the first couple of days of my period. And I think I'll definitely really pay attention to like not pushing myself too hard at that time of the month when I don't need to, because I I, like the times when I did, I didn't actually feel any better. Like people say like, oh, just push through and do the hard workout. Like, no, I, I just felt worse at the end of the workout if I was like on day one or two of my period. So yeah, that's number two. Number three, it's okay to stop a book if you're not vibing with it. So in this challenge, I read 700 pages. I started with Daring Greatly by Brene Brown. 10 out of 10 recommend, by the way, heck of a book that was super aligned with this challenge. And after I finished that one, that was, I think, about 250 pages. I moved on to The 48 Laws of Power by Robert Greene. I do think that this is an incredible resource and an incredible book, but it just wasn't aligned with what I needed to be learning during this challenge. So I put it down. I started my master's about a month into this. So I switched to my positive psychology textbooks and yeah, I'm glad I have this book and I think I'll hopefully get a chance to pick it up again sometime in the future. But I've never done this. I've, I was like maybe about 
four or five days in and I put this book down and I've never done that ever. I've always finished every single book I've ever started. Um, so this was a something that I had to like battle with myself for about a day before I decided to do it. But yeah, I'm very grateful that I have developed such a strong reading habit now, especially now I'm studying and when you're doing a master's, obviously you have to read a lot. Um, yeah, and like I've been reading research papers, required reading for my course, and it's just, yeah, it's something that has really, really helped. Number four, <laughs> everything has sugar in. Literally everything. <laughs> So I did no sugar at all for my diet as the diet part of the challenge. Um, and this doesn't include fruit. Like I still had fruit and I still had dates um, or any other kind of like sugary whole food, like a raisin or whatever. Um, I mean, like if you read an ingredients list and you see sugar or any other artificial sweetener, I didn't allow myself to have that. And those things are literally in everything. Like I eat whole foods about 80% of the time anyway, and this has never been a huge challenge for me. I do consider myself a pretty healthy person, but you know, sometimes you do need things that are still considered healthy that are maybe a little bit more like pre-made or whatever. And all of those things have sugar in. I really like vegan sausages and all of my favorite brands, you turn the ingredients, you look at the list, sugar, artificial sweetener, so disappointing. And a couple of times, like I've gone into Marks and Spencer's, which is like a food shop we have here in the UK. And I try to pick up like a wrap or something. They have this like plant-based range, which, you know, I always thought was like super healthy and super good. No, so much sugar. So I found that <laughs> probably really challenging. And it will definitely make me think more about what I'm eating. Not that I'm going to try and avoid sugar going forward because, um, I don't think it's a bad thing to have it a little bit in moderation. And also I didn't really see myself like experience any kind of like change in my energy levels. I know that people say that once you stop having sugar, you get so much more energy, but I didn't really experience that. So yeah, that was a really interesting part of the journey. I don't think I would ever do that again. I don't think I would ever quit sugar like completely ever again. I just didn't really think it was necessary in the end in order to like be a healthier person or whatever. Okay, so those are like the silly ones and these ones are a little bit deeper. So number five is planning is a necessary process, but making things non-negotiable is a necessary mindset shift. And I've been struggling to put into words exactly what I mean here, because I talk about planning a lot. I talk about how to make plans that work for you and how to follow through with the things that you need to do. You know, those things that don't have an actual deadline, one that you've created, you know what I mean? But doing this challenge has really helped me know what it truly means to make something a non-negotiable every single day. How can you be so dedicated to doing something hard every single day? that there's no way you'd go to bed without making sure that it's done. And I'm talking about hard things here. I'm not talking about making something as automatic as brushing your teeth or feeding your pet because those things don't take 45 minutes and they don't feel hard while you're doing them. Maybe you need to push yourself into action to actually get up and do it. But once you're doing it, it's easy, it's automatic, it doesn't take effort. Doing the tasks in this challenge 
are hard. They are hard to motivate yourself to actually get up and do and they are hard while you are doing them. I had so many workouts where like every thought for the 45 minutes was you're going to stop after 20 minutes, only two more minutes, slow down, don't push yourself. And then, but then I had other workouts when I actually wanted to push myself harder. So, but no matter what, this challenge makes you do things that you don't want to do. And now I'm looking to channel that into other activities that will get me to where I want to be. I haven't actually figured out what that's going to look like yet, or even what those daily tasks are, but they sure as hell won't be two times 45 minute workouts per day. But if I can push myself to run and work out in the cold and in the dark, I can push myself to post on Instagram, to do my podcast every week, to create a program that I've had on my heart for ages now, and to do 90 minutes of work towards that thing every single day, and I can make it a non-negotiable. Number six is that sometimes there are excuses and other times there are reasons, and there is a subtle difference between the two, and it isn't always obvious, which it is at first glance. Okay, I'm talking about the excuses that we make such as, I don't have time, it's not for me, I can't do this thing right now because of XYZ situation in my life. And being able to critically evaluate things that come up in your life as mindset blocks, aka excuses, or genuine reasons is, in my opinion, like a higher level of thinking. And doing this challenge has really taught me to zoom out on what I'm thinking and take a moment to think about why I'm telling myself I can't do it. Is it because it's cold and rainy outside and I don't want to do it? Or is it because I have my period and I'm in pain? Or would it just be easier to say there's a reason why I can't do it? Sometimes there are genuine reasons, like an injury, when like not doing the thing is going to be better for you in the long run. But I challenge you to find like multiple examples of this. As I'm, <laughs> as I'm saying this, I'm kind of like rethinking my whole suitcase situation. Was that an excuse or was that a reason? I think it depends on so many of the other things in that individual circumstance, which I've talked about. And of course, it depends what your goal is. But I think the power here comes from learning to recognize when you give in to an excuse and aiming next time to take a step back and ask yourself if you can actually push through and do the thing. If 75 hard didn't require 100% consistency with absolutely no days off, then this suitcase thing would not phase me at all because I'd just get up and try again tomorrow, which is an amazing mindset to have and definitely one that I will have going forward. Um, And now that I'm not doing two workouts a day, I know that I'm going to stay way more active than I was before 75 hard and that feels amazing. So next time you tell yourself that you don't have time or you're too busy or this other thing is in the way and therefore your super specific individual circumstances mean that you can't do the thing, like take a moment and ask yourself if that is true and then ask yourself again, is that really true or is that just what I'm telling myself? Number seven is that we need to be putting ourselves into challenging situations on purpose more often. I don't really have much more to elaborate on here. I think I'd like to talk about this in more detail um, another time when I've had more time to kind of sit with this, this whole idea of mental toughness and doing challenging things on purpose. But doing this will show you like how you are far more capable than you ever thought. And I think that if you're stuck on where to start with this, then 75 hard is definitely a great place to start. Number eight is the best results are inside because I haven't changed that much. 
I don't weigh myself, so I'm not sure if I've lost any kilos. But from my progress photos, I don't actually look that different. I sure as hell feel different in my body, for sure. I feel stronger. I can run more than 5K now, which I could never do before. I'm getting better at yoga and the HIIT workouts feel easier. But in terms of progress photos, I honestly don't think I've changed that much. I don't feel like way more toned. And the key is here that I don't care. I think that if 23 year old me had done a challenge like this, she'd be looking for those like before and after photos as like proof of results. But for me, the proof of change is how my mind feels, which brings me to my next point, number nine. Exercise is about my body, mind and soul but it's not even really about the body, for me anyway. Those couple of days when I didn't do any intense exercise, I was craving it. And I have friends that have like talked about feeling this before and I've never been able to relate. And now I feel that way. And that feels amazing to actually be motivated to do a workout that feels hard because of the way that my brain feels afterwards is just... It's, it's game changing. And I've talked about this, I've talked about this with a client before um, who has started like a movement habit as part of our work together. And now for her, it's not even about the what it does to her body, but it's so much more about what it does for her mind. And that's like an amazing mindset shift to have. And going into this, like exercise was not the point of the challenge for me. And these results are super unexpected and I'm very grateful for them. Um, My last point is you have the time. You just do. 99 days out of 100, you have the time to put the effort into doing the thing that feels hard, that feels painful, that is super tedious and you don't want to do it and every bone in your body is telling you not to. Like you can do it. If you have time to listen to this podcast, if you have time to scroll on Instagram, then you have time to do the thing that you've been avoiding. So there are my 10 things that I've learned from very almost completing 75 hard. I do not think I'll be doing the challenge again, but I'll definitely be applying so much of what I've taken away from this challenge and putting it into other things. I'm super grateful now to have developed a reading habit, to be super hydrated, to be way better at yoga, to be aware of how much sugar is in everything and to be on my way to running a 10k. I think my personal like longest distance now is about seven and a half k so we're getting there and everything else I'm grateful for is being channeled into my coaching, into becoming a better coach through my master's and into furthering my own growth. I really hope that you enjoyed listening to my takeaways thank you guys so much for listening and I'll see you in the next episode bye